You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Seattle, Washington and Safeco Field, our first show of the regular season. And we are glad to bring you Tribe Talk from Seattle where the season is underway. A uh, heart-stopping loss for the Indians on uh, the opener Thursday night as uh, they battled, had the, the tying run 90 feet away in the ninth inning in what turned out to be a 2-1 to loss. But great pitching from Corey Kluber. And uh, also some opportunistic base running by Rajay Davis in the ninth inning. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. Some of the highlights from the opener for you as we get started here on Tribe Talk. But also coming up, we will hear from last year's Cy Young Award winner, Corey Kluber, who uh, talks about a team that is ready to pursue a title this season once again. There's a lot of the same guys, um, a few different changes here and there but for the most part it's the same same group that we've had the last couple of years and I think that consistency in the clubhouse you know on the field that sort of stuff goes a long way I think that the more guys play together and are comfortable with each other things tend to kind of pick up where they left off so to speak also on the show new Indians pitching coach Carl Willis who says he is getting to learn the pitching staff re-familiarize himself in some cases with a pitching staff that he has familiarity with, and it's gone well because of who the pitchers are as people. It's really been open communication, and it's been very, very good. And um, Hey, they're outstanding pitchers. I, I'm learning, uh, and I'm not surprised that they're outstanding people as well. And, and uh, you can certainly trust them in, in all aspects of the game, I think, on and off the field. And we'll also hear from Carlos Carrasco, who talks travel, what it takes to prepare for a season, And, oh, yes, a little bit about this year's ball club that he has high hopes for as well. That's all coming your way as Tribe Talk gets rolling on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Safeco Field in Seattle, our first show of the regular season in 2018. And one of the weekly features we'll have once the season begins here is our Week in Review, a look back at everything that happened over the course of the last week. And, of course, this week that means very little. Just one game to look back on, and that was Thursday night's opener here at Safeco Field. An outstanding pitched ball game that you kind of expected if if the preview hype lived up to itself 
that uh, King Felix Hernandez, a Cy Young Award winner and two-time Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber of the Indians, well, if they pitched well, then hits and runs would be hard to come by, and that's exactly what happened in what turned out to be a 2-1 to Seattle victory. And taking a look back at that ball game, the Mariners got it going quickly. A two-run home run off the bat of Nelson Cruz in the first inning off of Kluber. But after that, Kluber was every bit the look of a Cy Young Award winner. Kluber's still pumping it up there in the 90s. He just is one of those guys. He's in such great shape. No one works harder. So he very seldom tires. Now the 0-2 pitch. Strike three call. Took a fastball down the middle. And whether you're in Cuba or the United States, that's a strike. Eight strikeouts for Corey Kluber. Not certain what Heredia was looking at. He actually wanted to argue the call and I think he realized, you know, eh, made her head back that first base dugout. And the Indians would get on the scoreboard midway through. The 1-0. Swung on, hit high in the air to shallow left center. Charging hard is Gordon in center. He can't make the catch. Drops between he and Segura, the shortstop. Heading home with the first run is Chisinau. And Gomes with a blue Barbie eye single to left center that looked like it hung up forever. And the Indians are on the board, trailing 2-1. to one. Nick Vincent still looking out to the outfield as if to say, how in the world did somebody not catch that? Then in the ninth inning, newly acquired, familiar name, Rajay Davis. Well, he would make an impact as a pinch runner in the ninth inning. Right-hander against right-hander. Diaz is ready. The pitch, Davis takes off, pitches high, no throw to third. What a jump by Rajay Davis. And there's just simply a veteran move. And now the tying run, 90 feet from home plate. But despite the distractions on the bases and the havoc that Rajay Davis was wreaking on the uh, the Seattle Mariners, it was not enough to push that tying run or go-ahead run across the plate and the Mariners hung on for that 2-1 to victory on opening night. Now, before we reached the season opener at the tail end of spring training, we had a chance to catch up with Corey Kluber and talk about the season ago, but more so focusing on this coming season and what he has done preparation-wise to build off a Cy Young Award. And, and what a year it was, an 18-4 and record last season, the best ERA in the major leagues at 225 the first Indians pitcher since 1949 to lead Major League Baseball in earned run average. And the late great Mike Garcia pitched to an ERA of 2.36 in that 1949 season. And uh, for Kluber, he became just the 19th pitcher in Major League history and the first for the Cleveland Indians to win multiple Cy Young awards. So where do you go from there? Well, for Corey Kluber, he didn't waste much time getting back in the gym and preparing his body to handle the workload that he always does. He's good for 200 or more innings, which is becoming a rarity these days in Major League Baseball. And the spring went very well for Kluber. And when we caught up with him with just a couple of days left in spring training, he talked about what this spring has meant to him and how well he has prepared for this season to come. Yeah, I think it's been it's been good so far. I think um, right on track with where we need to be with all the different 
progressions, you know, up and downs, pitch counts, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's been uneventful, but that's a good thing. And uh, have you found that good routine now that you've been in the major leagues a while and have had the good success that it's something that works for you and, and you just stay with it? I think so. I think that you try to you try to identify, you know, what you need to do to to get in the position that you feel like you're ready when the regular season comes. And I think that each each spring is a little bit different. You know, you're going to feel a little bit different than you did the year before. But I think you kind of have your ideally you have your baseline to fall back on. Of you know, this is my routine of what I do to get ready for the year. And and hopefully, you know, like we talked about, you don't run any any speed bumps along the way and you can kind of follow that that plan so that when the regular season is does arrive that you know you're you're where you feel like you need to be you win a Cy Young last year and it's your second and every pitcher player looks to get better from season to season but obviously you have a very good one last year when when you start going to work in the offseason what are you thinking about in terms of, of things you can improve on after a really good year a year ago I think that no matter how good, you know, a year before was, I think every every pitcher can probably still improve on something. Um, you know, I think that there's always room for improvement, things that, you know, maybe you feel you want to do better at or things that data says you could do better at. So, um, you know, I think, you're, I think guys are constantly looking to improve. I think that if you become satisfied with, with what you did or where you're at, then, you know, you're probably losing ground. And I know I talked to you shortly after you won the Cy Young about uh, the season that was, and and you were already back at it, uh, getting ready for the next season. And uh, how long does it take you to to get over one season and then get really excited about the next and and what it could be? Um, you know, I think that once you start working out again, for me at least, that's kind of when the focus shifts from the previous year to the next one. I think that as far as excitement, really kind of rearing to go, that sort of stuff, probably once once I start ramping up, playing catch, things like that, is kind of when you know it feels like you're working your way back into baseball as opposed to just kind of working out. Team-wise, uh, you look at this team and, and it's fairly set again going into the season. And what have you seen here this spring that that has you excited as opening day approaches? Yeah, like you said, it's it's a lot of the same guys. Um, a few, a few different changes here and there, but for the most part, it's the same same group that we've had the last couple of years. And I think that's, you know, that consistency in the clubhouse, you know, on the field, that sort of stuff goes a long way. I think that the more guys play together and are comfortable with each other, things things tend to kind of pick up where they left off, so to speak. Um, you know, I think that we. We don't have to come in here and define a culture or anything like that. You know, we kind of we have that to build off of the last few years, and I think that that sort of stuff just allows you to go out there and play the game. And from a pitching standpoint, it's such an individual part of it, but you have a rotation that, that has stayed together as well, and, and can that be helpful too, just, just knowing the other pitchers and, and maybe helping each other along the way? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that, you know, we... Yes, it is five individuals, but I think that... You know, as a rotation, as a staff, you know, we look at it more of a a collective group. You know, I don't think that we we approach things as you know, I'm I'm a starting pitcher. I'm going to worry about my turn to pitch every fifth day and just do what I need to do. I think that we all you know want to help each other 
perform well because I think that we realize that that's what gives the team the best chance to win. Mindset-wise, it wasn't that long ago where the team had not been to the postseason and was trying to get there, and now the goal is certainly much bigger than that. Uh, how do you approach it, though, starting in Seattle on opening night uh, to make sure that you, you pay attention to the regular season and, and do what's necessary there? No, I mean, I think that that's just the way baseball is. If you start to get ahead of yourself and, you know, look look ahead, um, any team can win on any given night, all those cliches, but they hold true. I think that, you know, you have to... You have to go out there and approach each game correctly and you know, focus on that day's game and winning that game. And then when it's over, it's over, and you, you move on to the next one. Um, I think that's the the best way to get through a long season without really going through really bad you know, peaks and valleys, but hopefully staying consistent throughout the entirety of it. And just getting back to individually, uh, you've had this really good stretch for a while now. And that we played the Padres the other day, and, and some of their people had seen you in the minor leagues and, and said, you know, I'd, sometimes I don't think the Indians get enough credit for seeing what was potentially there. But what do you think uh, clicked in for you after the, the trade over here that, that maybe you just weren't ready to show or, or weren't able to show yet in their system? Um, I mean, I think part of it's growing up as a pitcher, learning, you know, different things about the game. Um, you know, I think that the Indians organization does a good job of developing guys based on their individual skills, not trying to, um, you know, have a cookie cutter program for everybody. Which kind of, if you if if you, that's what you do, I feel like you either fit into that mold or you don't. Um, you don't really have a, a chance to do what works best for you. Um, so I feel like that's that was the biggest thing when I got over here was, you know, identifying what. I do and don't do well and working really hard to improve those things I don't do well. And you've become such a good command pitcher and, and that's such a big part of your game. When did you feel like you really had that, that good command that you could most times out put the baseball where it needs to be? Um, I think it's I think it's probably never you never feel like you've mastered that. Um, you know, I think that there's days where you feel better than others, and the biggest thing is being able to make adjustments quicker. You know, I think that on days when you don't feel like you can put the ball where you need to, you have those checkpoints you can fall back on to to kind of revert back to where if I'm missing here, I know that this is my correction to to hopefully you know get it back to where I need it to be. And the quicker you make those adjustments, you know, hopefully the less damage you can avoid. And getting back to that team part of it, um, you have two good catchers that, that really care about what's happening with their pitchers out there. How big an impact ha have they made on your career as you've moved forward here these last several years? Yeah, I think we say it all the time that you know we're we're very fortunate to have two guys behind the plate for us who could easily be you know a starting everyday catcher for most other teams and you know I think that they're they've both done a really good job of you know everybody wants to play today everybody wants to be the guy from a position player standpoint but you know those two guys have done a really good job of embracing the fact that we have two catchers who can who can both you know play on any given day and and we don't really lose a beat and I think that because they've done a, done such a good job of embracing that role and not, you know, looking at it as a negative, I think that that makes it even more important.
And just in closing, uh, excitement level from your standpoint with a new season coming, the team that's here, there's been success in the past. Uh, spring training game is just about done here. And uh, what does it mean to you to, to get back at it now on, a, on an opening night and, and really get it going? It's exciting. I think that, you know, once once the season starts, it's always nice. You know, spring training is exciting when it starts. And then by the time, you know, you, you get to this point, you're starting to look look forward to actually being able to start the season. And so I think that once it actually does start, it's exciting. And, you know, it is a long season, but I think that everybody's looking forward to getting going and, you know, hopefully continuing the success we've had the last few years. A lot of optimism there from Corey Kluber and why not? He threw extremely well on opening night, and on most nights, if he throws like that, he'll come away with a victory as he worked eight innings, striking out eight, walking just one, and allowing just the two runs in a hard-fought two-to-one defeat. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll visit with new Indians pitching coach Carl Willis. That's after this timeout as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Frankie Lindor, the switch-hitting shortstop, will lead it off batting left-handed. Hernandez, the wind, and the season's first pitch is downstairs, ball one, and we're underway in Seattle. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Safeco Field in Seattle. Indians getting ready to take on the Mariners a little bit later this afternoon as they will play game two of the season, game one, a two-to-one Mariners victory. Great pitching all the way around, and after the game, Tribe manager Terry Francona talked about a one-run defeat in the season opener. You know, I mean, everybody talks about the way he spins the ball, and he, he is really good at that. I just thought the way he made his fastball and his change of go the other way was it gave him two different directions, two different speeds. He just uh, he commanded the baseball so well. His, his feel for what he wanted to do was so good. you think of Kluber? You know, he, he hung a breaking ball to Cano first pitch, and he mislocated the fastball next pitch, and that was it. I mean, thought we played some really good defense. Uh, Frankie saved us around the middle, but he settled down and pitched just like, you know, just like you hope. I thought he was in command of himself. He he worked ahead for the most part. Thought he was really good. Think of the way Rajay kind of showed how he can impact the game. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of why we got him, and you know, There'll be a game where we win like because of that. I mean, we didn't tonight, but we will. Um, you know, we gave ourselves a chance. What did you think the pregame tribute to that? Uh, I, I was stunned. I wasn't ready for that. It was very classy on their part. Kind of, kind of, you know, had to kind of catch myself for a minute there. Thanks, Tito, obviously very impressed with the work of Corey Kluber in his opening day start once again, despite a loss. And it's hard to build on what the Indians pitching staff did a year ago as they led baseball in terms of earned run average once again, both the starters and relievers combining to pitch extremely well, a big reason why this ball club won 102 regular season games. In the offseason, Mickey Calloway, the pitching coach since 2013 who did such great work with the Indians, well, he was offered the job and accepted the New York Mets managerial job, and that meant an opening for the Indians, and they filled it with a familiar name, Carl Willis, who had been with the tribe 
back in the early 2000s, in fact, in the organization from 1997 to 2009. And during his time in the major leagues, Cy Young Award winner C.C. Sabathia in 2007 and Cliff Lee in 2008. Indians won the ERA title in the American League in 2005 with Willis as the pitching coach. So a lot to like there. So he returns to the organization for the first time since 2015 when he was slated to be the AAA pitching coach before the Red Sox snapped him up and uh, he was working with Boston and uh, actually tutored Rick Porcello to a Cy Young Award season in 2016. So a lot of good things for Carl Willis. And uh, in this interview with Carl, well, he had a chance to take us through the rotation this first time through here in Seattle, talking about Trevor Bauer is going to throw on Sunday and Carlos Carrasco slated to throw later today, if you're hearing this on Saturday, and also Corey Kluber, who threw on opening night, and just how prepared Kluber is to start the season. And that certainly bore through as he threw very well in the opener. Well, you know, he's in a really good place, Rose. He had a really good spring. Um, you know, obviously we're glad he's he's healthy and glad all our guys are healthy, you know, starting the season. But, you know, we got his pitch count built up. Um, I thought he commanded the ball very well. He he, he maintained his stuff uh, late in games. And, and honestly, one of the biggest uh, things that I was glad to see, um, you know, he had an outing during the spring where probably didn't have his best stuff that day, but yet... Uh, was able to grind through it and, and very efficiently as well and, and still be very effective. And, you know, there are days during the course of a season that, that that happens, and I think it was good for him to experience that during the course of spring training. And how about Carlos? I know he, he had some ups and downs performance-wise, but things that you look at, uh, what's important to you coming out of spring training for him? Well, the ball's coming out of his hand. I mean, it's coming out of his hand really, really well, and if you – you know, for those that look at spring training statistics, I think that, you know, the, the thing that we saw with Carlos, you know, most of his outings, the first three innings were dominant. I mean, he really dominated. And then he would have an inning, whether it be the fourth inning or the fifth inning, that he would seem to run out of, into trouble and, um, you know, kind of wasn't able to, to ride his ship as quickly as, as he would like or as we would like. But at the same time, you have to understand that, you know, it is spring training. It's hard for these guys Sometimes, hey, they're never going just through the motions, but to, you know, create that energy that they're going to have uh, when the lights are on and the fans are in the seats and, and the games truly count, um, you know, I, I think we'll see that take care of itself. So, you know, for Carlos in particular, you know, um, you know, and, and talking with him and with Tito, you know, last spring training he had to battle through some stuff and he didn't really get a lot of innings under his belt. So I think from a physical standpoint, much more prepared to start the season this year as he, uh, than he was last, and certainly last year was a great year for him. And what about Trevor Bauer? I know he worked on a new pitch in the offseason, but, but did you see him doing enough with the other pitches too to, to really have it all come together in, at the start of the year here? Absolutely. You know, I was really impressed with Trevor this spring training. And his first three outings, um, he didn't use all of his pitches. He basically did experiment and test the slider that you know he is trying to develop and and i think he found out some things about that pitch is the pitch that's going to be useful for him um but then uh, after those first three he started to use his entire repertoire and uh and really really had a very strong spring and and has been a pleasure to work with at this point and from your standpoint it, you're not new new and, and you, you had some familiarity with these guys 
Uh, how did it go for you as far as trying to find out what makes these guys tick on a, on a regular basis? Well, it went very well. Listen, and that's a credit to these guys. I mean, you know, they're professionals, and, and, and I think they are committed to, to finishing the job that has been started here, you know, a couple, three years ago. And um, they challenge each other. Um, you know, they have helped me learn them uh, both on a one-to-one basis and through conversations with one about another. Um, you know, it's, it's really been open communication, and it's been very, very good. And, um, hey, they're outstanding pitchers. I, I'm learning, uh, and I'm not surprised that they're outstanding people as well. And, and uh, you can certainly trust them in, in all aspects of the game, I think, on and off the field. And you've been with a couple of staff, some of them very, very good. What what has made this staff, in your mind, coming in from the outside, so good in the, in the past couple of years? Well, you know what? I, I think first, you know, you have to give credit to, to our player development group. They do an outstanding job. Ruben Niebel is in charge of the pitching there. And, and these guys, they know their deliveries extremely well, and they repeat their deliveries extremely well. And because of that, you know, they're very consistent, not only just in terms of general strike throwing, but commanding the baseball within the strike zone and shaping their pitches consistently. And, 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 and that starts in player development, but I think it's been continued here at the big league level, and it has to continue because there are times that, you know, you get a lot of whack, you get a little bit of a rut. Um, you know, we put some things together, uh, some data that we're going to be able to track to hopefully um, be a little more proactive in that when a guy starts to maybe – uh, get out of sync. We can we can step in front and, and get that corrected before it becomes drastic and and he's in a two three game slump. Hopefully it's more of a two three inning slump and we can get it you know corrected more quickly. But um, it's a, it's an extremely good staff. I think they complement each other well as to you know how they pitch and attack. You know we have five right handed starters. However, I think they're all five different guys, different repertoires and and different strengths. So. Um, that I think more than anything, the the consistency of delivery, which you know allows the command and the shape of pitches. And personally, fun to be back in the organization, albeit with a, a new coaching staff and manager. Oh, it definitely is. You know, and I've known these guys, you know, from the past, whether it be across the field or, you know, brief time here in 2015, uh, being in big league camp and then spending a month in Columbus. Uh, you know, Tito runs a. Uh, a very good ship, and uh, his clubhouse is, is loose, it's fun, but at the same time, no one is ever neglecting the work that needs to be put in to, to be ready to, to go out and compete. So I'm extremely happy to be back. I'm looking forward to getting back to Cleveland for the home opener and uh, just looking forward for an exciting year. Pitching coach Carl Willis, one of many excited to get back to Cleveland for the home opener on Friday against the Royals. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Carlos Carrasco. He makes his first regular season start after a big season a year ago. He'll do that this afternoon if you're tuned to this on Saturday here at Safeco Field in Seattle. That's coming up as we conclude Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Here's the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. Went right back to the curveball, and Carrasco has struck out nine and is dazzling the Tigers again. He's made six starts against Detroit this year. He has not given up more than two runs in any of the six starts. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Safeco Field 
in Seattle. And our last segment of this week's show features Indian starting pitcher Carlos Carrasco, who made the big breakthrough a year ago in terms of consistency and staying healthy, staying away from those freak injuries which really plagued him in 2016. Well, last year, an 18-win season for Carrasco through 200 innings, struck out more than 200. And uh, he was saying earlier this spring that there were several keys that allowed for his breakthrough season a year ago. One of the different was uh, working every five days, you know, uh, throwing my bullpen, my uh, mechanic, uh, even the gains. So I think the difference was just went right to the game, don't think about anything. I think that's the, the main key for me last year. So sometimes you start thinking about it too much, so everything's going, spinning around. But last year, just go over there and just have fun. That's that's what I did last year, and uh, we got a good run last year. And you hauled some innings, as Mickey Calloway used to say, you know, you're built to haul innings. Um, how long did it take you to kind of recover from the season, and, and how are you feeling now heading into spring training for, for a new year this year? You know what? Uh, I think I take uh, three weeks off, and I start running and doing my long toss, and it didn't take too much. But I'm glad I'm here in spring training uh, to get to see my teammates, work a little bit more. So think the game start on Friday so I can wait to start, you know, pitching the season and get into the season too. So You mentioned seeing your teammates and everybody in the off season, they, they kinda work out on their own and yeah. they have their routines to get ready for spring training. But um, how important is it to get back and, and see the guys that you're around so much during the season? Believe it or not, I spend more time with my teammates. Uh, almost eight months than another four months with my family. But uh, I think it's uh, very nice to be here. So we got new faces. Uh, we lose uh, we lost Santana, but we got Alonso. So it's part of the baseball, but I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad we start ready. And uh, I'm really, really happy to, to get to see my teammates. Um, off season, everybody does something different. You, you were mentioning earlier, you traveled a little bit. Can you rattle off the countries that you saw in one off season? Oh, man. I am. I travel a lot. I think the first one I went to India, amazing place. I went to Maldives, Barcelona, France, uh, Rome, uh, Switzerland, uh, Germany. Uh, Bolivia now I get to to do my work. So I wake up in the morning, do my running, and uh, I think a couple times I threw through the wall. I I bring my glove. I bring my baseball. But it's part, you know, it's part of my my job, you know, taking vacation. But at the same time, I did my my work too. So, and is it important to have that just for your head to to have that balance um, of of having some other interests and, and wanting to see other places as opposed to just twenty four seven baseball? It, just to kind of balance it out a little bit for you. Yeah, just kind of yeah. We we spend a lot of time in baseball. One hundred sixty two game plus uh, postseason. And uh, soon the season's over, so I'm just trying to, to spend a lot of time with my family, vacation, and uh, when it's time to get back to baseball, so I just think about baseball right right there. So now no more vacation, no more anything, just baseball, so we can wait to to, to another uh, end of the season so we can start doing some traveling. And not everybody would go to other countries and, and see them all. What makes you want to see different parts of the world? Not only our country, but but the world. You know, I, I like I like to see it. I like to get know 
a different place. But I think the more beautiful that I went is uh, Dubai, like two years ago. Is that that's amazing. Nothing, nothing, nothing different. You know, than another country, but uh, it's unbelievable. Um, getting back to the team, uh, tremendous year last year. The more than a hundred wins and the, the big win streak um, ended a little bit sooner than, than everyone wanted, but. Uh, how about the mindset of, the, of your teammates and, and yourself heading into this season with, with high expectations again? How excited are you to, to get back at it? And what do you like about this team heading into the season? I like the energy. There's a lot of energy here. So we win, uh, we have for the last three years, it's been great. So 2016, when we went to the World Series, those guys still, you know, fighting for, for that step. Last year, I get to enjoy that. The postseason is way different. So now that I'm here in spring training, I just want, I just want to work re really hard so to get to that point, to get to the last step. And that's why they're ready to be there. We're ready to be there so we know how, how they feel and that we want to back there. And you're one of the veterans of this team, and, and there's so many others who, who've been here for a while now, and, and they've enjoyed this really good stretch. And... Uh, how important is it to you that you've been able to go through it with, with a roster that stayed together for the most part, and and you know same guys, you Kluber, and and in that rotation, Josh Tomlin's still around. How important is it to you to, to be able to do that year after year with that same group? You know what? It's really important, and we we jump, and uh, you know we play hard. I think that's that's why I stick with the the same group and. Uh, Believe it or not, we're really good. That's the way that I, that, that's the way that uh, I think about this this organization, my team, teammates, and we have a really good team. We we we've proven for the last uh, three four years, we got a really good team. When you first got called up, the team struggled. And, and <laughs> it, it wasn't you know, probably most people would say it wasn't a really good team. Uh, <clears throat> when did it turn in your mind? What what made the difference to make it go from a team that was struggling and, and losing more than 90 games a year to, to becoming a really good team? You know what? I think the confidence. I think that's all. And I remember what, what, what you said in 2009, there was a struggle, but uh, it's take it time. Some team that has up and down the same way we, we do the, the athletes. So we have some up and down and that we have to figure out and make an adjustment. So that's... Uh, that's I think that's the the organization that that's what they did, and right now we're really good. So, believe it or not, every time when they ask me that question, I I think about we are the best, and that uh, we proved it already. There's Carlos Carrasco echoing the sentiments of many, with a lot of optimism surrounding this year's ball club as we get rolling here this first weekend of the season. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. As always, great to have you with us. Hope you can tune in next week when we will join you from. Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. It's been a while since we've been back home, and it'll be nice to get home for the opener on Friday and then a full homestand. Ten games for the Indians coming up on their first homestand of the season. So until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. So long, everybody. 